0: Welcome to the Shovel Pass, the NFL podcast for those that need that extra hour of football talk to get them over the hump and through the week. I'm Nick Sawyer, and I'm joined weekly by a few of my closest friends, Will Sawyer, Phil Heim, and Chris Heim, as we discuss all things NFL football from the games of the week, surprises, predictions, high performers, not-so-high performers, and anything else that stands out. Thank you for checking us out, and please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. We sincerely appreciate it. How are you buddy not too bad how are you i'm good i'm good uh i'm nick sawyer i'm here with my brother will and uh we are without the heims this week we are heimling less uh, heimling <laughs> heimling less <laughs> yeah that's a mouthful yeah yeah that's a tough one say that 10 times fast so it's just you and me this this week buddy um where do you want to start?
1: Well, I don't know. There's a kind of big elephant in the room, and uh, yeah, yeah, bit bit of a shade over uh, NFL football this week. So I, I think we kind of got to start there. And
0: yep, sounds good. Um, everybody knows the big news: John Gruden is out as the Oak Sorry, Oakland. John Gruden is out as the Las Vegas Raiders head coach. He resigned after a slew of emails between him and general manager of the Washington football team at the time, Bruce Allen and a few other people was made public and some pretty horrendous stuff in those emails. And so he, uh, He decided to um, remove himself. And uh, I imagine if he didn't, he would have, you know, he would have been fired. He had to go. So I think what I want to talk about, though, I think there's plenty been said about what the emails were and the action being taken and all of that. But where does this leave the Raiders? If you're the Raiders, from a football perspective, all of this news broke live on Monday Night Football this week. It was shocking to everyone. It came fast and unexpectedly to all of us. I imagine it was unexpected by most of the people in the Raiders organization. And... Now you've got a team full of players who had a head coach last week and have a different one this week. That's not unique in itself, but the situation is because of how it happened. It's not like he was losing games all season and he was a lame duck ready to get fired and all everybody was writing about it and it was expected at some point and he was you know, unlikely to make it through the season. And then he gets fired and the whole team kind of saw it coming.
1: Well, that's it. It wasn't, um, it, it it wasn't a quote unquote merit based, uh, firing as we would normally see for an NFL coach, as far as their performance with their current team, their win loss record their right team's ability to perform on the
0: field. It it wasn't, it was merit based. (laughs) Oh, uh, sorry. He merited being fired. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. No, no, not,
1: not saying anything about that. I just mean in terms of a typical firing where it's, it's what the team is doing on the field. Right. Uh, Exactly. In his current team. It's not what happened in the past. It's not, uh, in his personal life for the most part. Um, this is a bit of a different story. Uh, And also maybe a little bit awkward in the Raiders locker room, because it didn't come out in one swift move. It came out that there was one email and one email wasn't that great. And then he apologized for that one email to his team. And then some of his players came out and to some degree accepted his apology Right. Only to come back a few days later and go, "Okay, no, the the problem is a little bit bigger than that." And find out there's,
0: yeah, dozens of emails where he's, um, yeah, yeah, saying some really, really awful things. So, you know,
1: I don't, I don't know that it should, but my speculation, my wonder is that in the locker room, do the guys that accepted his apology. Or were sticking up for him, or were rallying behind him through this? Did they catch any shade for this? Do they have any mud on their face, or or is it understood that? Well, no, it it Gruden's his own man, and uh, you
0: know. I think the team. I honestly, I I don't I don't know who said what. Like, I, I don't know which players came out and said what, but I imagine that the players that that stepped forward to say something to support their coach in, you know, a time of when they thought it was something that they could move on from, right? Yeah. If it's one, e- you know, one email, and they thought that they could move on from this, and he's going to be their coach next week. In all honesty, it could be as simple as, well, he's going to be our coach next week, whether we like it or not. So we need to
1: show need public just,
0: support yeah. and come together as a team and move forward. Only to find out that, oh, no, no, there's way more to this and he's not going to be your coach next week. And now it's kind of like, well... <laughs> you're on your own. I'm right? on, Yeah, you're, I'm Sorry. obviously not supporting him now, yeah. right? So I don't know yeah. how much... How much that would affect the locker room? Honestly, um, I would hope that that it's that it's
1: an understanding environment within the players within the team. That okay, we didn't know what this was all about. Now we do. Moving on, we're going to rally together yeah. as a team. Um,
0: yeah, and, um, and interesting. Though. They
1: replaced him with Bassachia, which he, he's been an assistant head coach for. Uh, I think three teams. Oh, for right. Ten years now. Yeah, he's hopefully not a, he has a little bit of
0: gravitas, a little bit of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's you know. not a new coach. He's not a first-time coach. He's not a he's not a young coach. He's been around a long time and coached for a bunch of teams. And at least what I read this week, he is well respected in the locker room. And the team. I mean, I guess you wouldn't expect them to say anything else. <laughs> but these are the reports coming out. You know, this is what people are saying. So, um, well, and to some degree, I would
1: expect that a franchise faced with this kind of situation, this adversity, um, they're they're going to pick the person who has the highest level of respectability because they can't afford someone to come in and not be respectful at this point. So yeah. hopefully, yeah. you know, that, that plays out well for them. I, I wish them the best with their new coach, but it is a very tough yeah. transition to, to happen mid season, a lot of adversity and, <sighs> And not the same thing as you know, like the Colts with Chuck Pagano they they had kind of a yes, a coach sure. that they could rally behind a positive story, a positive spin, something that they could feel good about fighting for, oh, like I'm sticking up for my coach, I'm fighting for the guy who's not doing that great right now um, nobody's fighting for Gruden Mm-mm. um and and they're probably. Collectively, a little bit embarrassed to be associated with him right now. Um, So, it's not that same kind of uh, positive fighting mentality. They're going to need a lot of uh, input from their team leaders and from their coaching staff that has remained to build them up and give them that kind of fighting mentality and, and get them back out performing at a high level. Because um, they also have not done uh, the greatest in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. We were very high on them early in the season. And I think they were deservedly, uh, you know, showing a lot of promise. A- and this week, what did they lose to the Bears?
0: Yeah, they didn't so, look very good this week. No, they looked really bad. Yeah, it wasn't. And it wasn't so much, wow, the Bears look good. no. Um, I think the Bears, like a lot of the uh, teams with rookie quarterbacks, they're managing their quarterbacks. You know, there was that one week where all the quarterbacks threw a whole bunch of picks and they looked really terrible, and it was like, "Oh boy, this rookie class of quarterbacks is trash." You know, they're not lifting. They're not. They're not living up to uh, what we've seen in the last few years and the last several drafts and whatever. Anyways, one week later. Coaches are managing them better, putting them in better situations, catering to their strengths, and they all look better. So, Fields looked okay. Yeah. But anyways, my point being, Fields, it wasn't that the Bears looked awesome. The Raiders didn't look very good. So, I- I'm interested about I'm interested to see what this Rich Bisaccia guy does with the team because I don't really know anything about him except what I've read in the last uh, couple of days. You know, I know that he's been coaching for a very long time, I think like close to 40 years. So it's, it, he knows how to handle himself as a coach. Um, but from what his remarks suggest, it's time to, you know, it's the next game, let's work on getting better, let's be a team, let's, you know, so it sounds like move on let's uh, get down to business so I expect there's going to be a lot of uh, asking players about this situation over the next couple of weeks and I'm expecting most of them not to say a whole lot of anything or you know pull the Bill Belichick script we're on to the next team we're pulling together Yeah, focused on next week one game at a time not sure though you know, it's it, it. The thing is, you could have guys uh, speaking up about their opinion and and you know condemning. Yeah, and you know,
1: like uh, Keyshawn Johnson has been reasonably vocal this week. He yep. didn't get along with Gruden. No. Uh, how much of that is just a player not getting along with coach, which is not new. It, it's not new for Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, aside from anyone else, um, but you know, how much are we going to get some stories like that from other players? Uh, do they want to volunteer some of that, or do they choose as a franchise, as a group of players, to just um, not make not make their season story about this? Right. Right.
0: Okay. Well, we'll see, we'll see but. but- they're certainly not my team uh, at the top of that division anymore. This is a tough one. Oh, the last thing I was going to mention about this, which crossed my mind, is um, whether this affects Mike Mayock at all and how does this look on him. I don't think it looks necessarily poorly on him because he didn't hire John Gruden. If anything, I feel like it was the other way around. Yeah, and I think John Gruden hired Mike Mayock, so... I don't know. Does this put any mud on his face? Does this make him... Does this put his job in jeopardy? Like, are we seeing... I'm pausing here because... Listen. The Raiders haven't been very good the last several years. You know, this... Four years of Mike Mayock and John Gruden hasn't been great. So as much as John Gruden just got walked out the door for this email fiasco, he wasn't that great of a coach over the last four years. I don't know that I'd say he was on the hot seat because they signed him to this 10-year mega deal. But if he didn't have that 10-year mega deal, there would be a lot of questions about, whether the team had grown enough, whether they were getting better, whether they were headed in the right direction, and whether he was the the right guy to be leading them
1: yeah, I agree and and I think um for does me, this expedite for me if I was, hot seat, yeah, for me, if I was uh running the Raiders organization, I don't know that it immediately puts mayoc in the crosshairs as in he's at risk of losing his job before the end of the season. Um, But whether it's fair or not, I think his job may rely on their performance through the rest of the season. Yeah, that's fair. I think I agree with you on that one. They came into this season really hot. They've cooled off substantially. If they, if they look, you know, halfway or better to to what they were in the first three games of the season. Um, You know, maybe he, maybe he keeps his job. If they look like they did last week, you know, for the rest of the season or most of the rest of the season, uh, then some questions start getting asked. Uh, And you got to wonder, it may also somewhat depend on what they feel as an organization is the next step for a, for a head coach there. Yeah. Is it something enough. where Basaccia is, is in line to take over? Well, or I don't are know. Looking at a brand new, brand new face. And does that brand new face have any interest in working with Mayock?
0: Well, uh, that's where I was going to go with that is that his, perf- the team's performance through the rest of the season, I don't think directly informs whether Mayock should stay or should go because he isn't the one coaching the team on the field. He's drafting the players that are on the team. If his players are not performing and his drafts haven't gone well, which they haven't been great, then his job's in jeopardy. Now, I think if Basaccia does really well through the... This is where I agree with you. If Basaccia does really well through the end of the season and they do think that he should stay on as head coach, that might, might might help Mayock because now he's worked with Passaccia, but (laughs) I still think Mayock's job is probably a bit unstable at the end of the season because whether they hire Passaccia full-time or whether they go and hire somebody else, Mayock doesn't have to stay. And if they're not happy with his drafts as a portfolio over the last five years and want to go in a new direction, now's the time to do it. So.
1: Absolutely. And, and that's the thing just as like a a kind of a general commonality. um, Teams often move on from coaches and GMs together. They often try to bring them in together and move on from them together uh not by no means always but it is not uncommon and yeah. so if at the end of the season they're not looking internally for their next head coach um if they have any kind of negative sentiment from their top candidates about working with mayock <laughs> that that may be the nail in his yeah. coffin um, yeah we'll see he he has neither been the best Nor, I think, the worst GM over his tenure there. Uh, The Raiders do not have an untalented team. Nope. But uh, they also haven't really been challenging for
0: division leads. And there's no draft picks that they've made where you're like... Outstanding. They nailed it. Yeah, Yeah, he is awesome. You know, they have had some draft picks work out and some have not at all. So, yeah, not the best, not the worst. Okay, uh, let's move on. What are we doing next? Some random takeaways?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, one thing that I I wanted to highlight. What are we noticing?
0: Yeah, what are we noticing through five weeks of the season? To
1: me, I mean, again, like I'm bringing in my Cowboys bias here, but uh, (laughs) to me, one of the biggest surprises and one of the most interesting kind of storylines going on in the NFL right now is how Trayvon Diggs is playing. Yes. Yes. He has been a revelation this year. Nobody expected him to come out and play like he has. I
0: know, right? And, wow.
1: And, and it's not just outstanding relative to what we thought he would be. It's outstanding on a historic level. Okay? He's got six interceptions through five weeks. He has astounding. He hasn't had a game without an interception yet. That's ridiculous. Deion Sanders, <laughs> in his entire career never surpassed 7 interceptions in a season.
0: Diggs that's is, unbelievable.
1: 7 in a whole season. Yeah. And 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 Diggs is 5 weeks in and he's one away. Um he's already matched Darrell Revis's interception max.
0: That's crazy
1: in a season. In in See, and that's 2009 always... season. Like that was his marquee season. That was considered by many to be one of the single greatest seasons by a corner, and he had six interceptions.
0: I know, and I feel like when I, I in two thousand and nine when we were watching him play, I felt like he picked off every second pass that went his way. So it's funny yeah. to think like he only got six in sixteen games.
1: Yeah, and and Diggs is at six already, and and Champ Bailey, who I, I would contend in two thousand six probably had the best season of any cornerback of all time, had 10 interceptions. And, and that ties the most any, any players had since 1981, I believe. That's um, nuts. Now, grain of salt. Trayvon Diggs comes into the season. Nobody's expecting this. Uh, there's no one who is throwing away from Diggs out of fear of him. I think that is is about to change very dramatically. (laughs) But starting (laughs) the season, there was no fear specifically of throwing near him. Um, Whereas Champ Bailey was already a name in 2006 and already known to be a shutdown corner. He only got targeted, uh, I think, 39 times the whole season. 35 or 39, I've seen both published um i i need to fact check that but either way less than 40 passes thrown his way and he picked off 10 that's crazy wow (laughs) more than more than a quarter of the passes thrown his way uh he he picked off so that's incredible but um at this point in the season digs even if people kind of are, are a little bit hesitant to throw his way. Not every one of his interceptions has been on, on the direct target.
0: To no, the he's been covering. Johnny on the spot, right? He's been, he's been picking off tipped balls and, and, you know, f- uh, flowing towards the ball and that kind of thing. So,
1: yeah. So what are the odds that, that he has a few of those opportunities the rest of the season? Um, he, he has a really,
0: and he has chance. an extra game.
1: And he has an extra game
0: He's he got twelve game, games so. left. Yeah. twelve games left in the season. And Mac and, Jones just said, "You can't be afraid of anybody." When asked about Trevon Diggs, so.
1: <laughs> well,
0: uh, yeah. Go I, ahead. I hope he throws at Diggs. Yeah, I, go
1: ahead. I hope he shows no Mac, fear. Yeah, we'll see and how I hope accurate he throws you are. Three balls at
0: Diggs. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, youthful youthful exuberance right interestingly enough so i just looked it up cuz i was i was curious um asante samuel also picked off 10 uh passes in 2006 yes yeah he so. was
1: he was one of the other ones and and he Pretty actually wild. had a season of 10 interceptions and a season of 9 interceptions
0: yeah, um, yeah.
1: he he he's one of those all-time names i think
0: yeah, fifty-one interceptions all time. I can't believe he he retired in two thousand thirteen. That's shocking to me.
1: Yeah, thirty-two I he years. Played old.
0: beyond. I thought he played beyond that. Yeah. Well, his but kid is in the NFL? Man. I know that's crazy. I'm I'm old, man. I feel old. <laughs> Eight years ago, Asante Samuel retired. Like, come on, dude. So that's interesting, though. Two thousand and six <laughs> was quite the year, apparently. Yeah. And um, who was that corner that played for the Raiders back in the day? Oh, Which man. one are you thinking of? Um, Charles Woodson. Uh, well, no, that's a, that's an interesting one too. No, he's married to uh, Kerry Washington. What's his Nambi Asamoah? That's it. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: He was. He was good for a very short period
1: all things considered um and he was never well yeah 2006 eight interceptions okay oh,
0: 2006 what were they drinking in 2006 everybody was eating their wheaties in 2006 Jeez, yeah seriously eh <laughs> Were, the were there just I like wanna, a really bad no, group of quarterbacks? Yes. That year? We need to look up a, a list of quarterbacks from 2006 and see who who's on that starters list. Because it must have been a who's who of terrible quarterbacks. Either that, or I also want to find out how many interceptions were thrown total in 2006.
1: Uh, well, okay. Um, <laughs> let, let's put it this way the uh, number three quarterback in passing yards in 2006 was mark bulger the number four in passing (laughs) yards was john kitna
0: mark bulger and john kitna well (laughs) okay so kitna (laughs) probably threw half of those interceptions to those guys (laughs) uh yeah Uh, had had 22
1: interceptions and 21 touchdowns so he, he was he was a good even distributor. Yeah,
0: he was. He, <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, <laughs> he was. uh He was Jameis before Jameis. Yeah, exactly. Early Jameis Winston. But yeah, even even Brett Favre that year through eighteen and eighteen, TDs and e- ints. Yuck. Was that his second year in Minnesota? No, no, no. That was uh, age age thirty seven. Green Bay. Green Bay. Yeah. That's terrible. hmm He was 37 in 2006? Yes, he was. My goodness. <laughs> he, he, he had
1: a season passer rating of 72.7.
0: That's crazy. Wah, wah. Wow. And his la- that was his last year in Green Bay, I guess. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't Can remember. you imagine... Oh my no, he gosh. got one more
1: year. He got he got two thousand seven.
0: Yeah, and everybody is complaining about Ben Roethlisberger. Like I can't imagine in today's league, where quarterback play has elevated to the level it has, that Brett Favre, coming off a season where he went eighteen and eighteen to TDs to interceptions, could be what? waffling in Mississippi as to whether he's going to retire, and and the team sending the private jet to pick him up and convince him to come back. And play for them and lead us to a Super Bowl, like, dude, you just threw eighteen and eighteen. Like, (laughs) we're not begging you. (laughs) Time to move on. You know what I mean? Well, not just that.
1: The year before, he threw twenty and twenty-nine.
0: No, yeah, TDS to interceptions. Yeah. So, oh my god, I do not remember him being that bad, like Brett Favre. But but, the time was like this was the
1: this was the highs and the lows of Brett Favre uh, because he had he had two seasons in a row where he had, uh, well, like 32 and 27 touchdowns with only 15 and 16 interceptions. And then he followed it by two stinkers of years. And then he came back in his last year at, at 38 years old and he threw 28 touchdowns and 15 interceptions.
0: I guess so. I just, I'm curious what Eli Manning's numbers look like <laughs> because yeah. they couldn't run him out of town fast enough. Uh and to be honest, I, I didn't
1: agree with that as much as I, I'm not an Eli Manning fan and, and
0: I No, I just mean league wide, league wide and, and in fan circles. He was a joke. But Brett Favre was a god. Yes. Brett Favre could do no wrong. He still can't. It's amazing. It's amazing to me that, that he has seasons like that and it's like, please come back.
1: And and I don't know, it somewhat happened throughout his career because
0: I mean he won three MVPs,
1: didn't he? I think so. I think he did. Yeah. So you know, I mean he was he was uh, he was first team all pro three seasons. Anyways it, Favre. he was exciting. He was a um, gunslinger. But yeah, True, yeah. true gunslinger because he okay, has so awesome, awesome seasons and then terrible
0: seasons. Let's, maybe. let's, let's button up this start where we started in this conversation <laughs> though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, do, okay. Is his name Trayvon or Trevon? Trayvon. Trayv- Trayvon. Okay. As far as I know. <laughs> okay. Trayvon, it Shelby. Trayvon digs. If you had to put I money some- on it, does he break the, uh, season record?
1: Single season record, no, yeah. um, because the single season record is Night Train Lane with 14 interceptions in the 1952
0: rookie season. Okay, fair enough. Uh, that's absurd. My question is still... My still, still <laughs> no, it's not. He's averaging more than one interception per game right now.
1: Yes, but keeping it up is uh, a different story. <laughs> I know, I know, um, I know. And... and but- and but what, I, what I say is absurd is, is the 14 interceptions that night train lane had in 1952 because he also didn't have 17 games to do it. Right. He probably got <laughs> thrown at 35 times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was just, he was the receiver. The quarterbacks
0: were having a, you know, mental break. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, when quarterbacks only threw the ball 10 times a game anyway. Yeah. So that's, that's absurd. Um, the idea that's that fine though. The Diggs question is, yeah, could, could he break there? it? I think 17 that's, games. I think it's
1: extremely, extremely unlikely because I do think that, um, every step he takes towards it, quarterbacks throw at him less. Yeah, probably. And if he keeps intercepting the ball, if he keeps that one interception yeah. a game, uh, quarterbacks are just going to stop throwing to the whole side of the field that he's on. They're not even going to give him the opportunity for those like fluke. And it's hard
0: to intercept a pass in the NFL. It's really hard. Guys don't even average one sack per game. Yeah. And they get multiple chances. They get a dozen chances every game to rush the passer or more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially in this pass happy league we live in now, like, I just mean rotational, you know, rotating defensive lines, but like the premier pass rushers get lots of opportunities to rush the passer. And they, if they get 10 sacks in a season, they're premier.
1: Exactly. And, oh. and interceptions, they have a whole field to throw at. Uh, so there may be I quarterbacks think, that are yeah. bold like Mac Jones uh, mm-hmm. right oh. now, right now, but uh, Diggs keeps, but the odds of him getting got and they're just going to block off a whole side of the field. They're not going to throw within 20 yards. That's true.
0: That's true. And he's gotten, he's had one game with two interceptions so far. That's exceptionally hard to do. And most guys don't do it their whole career. He almost had his
1: hands on a second one this past week. uh,
0: Right. (laughs) I just mean the the odds of that happening twice in one season are exponentially low. so yeah i gotta say 14 seems mm, undoable but the the 10 or 11 you think
1: he could get get to 11. i i'm optimistic i as a fan i i want to see him hit 11. i think that would be kind of an upper limit uh hope for me and i think it'd be really cool because nobody's done it since 1981 there's been a lot of unbelievably talented players in defensive secondaries over that time that have not reached
0: that mark i would love to see it i don't think it w- i don't think it'll happen 11 is
1: a stretch i think yeah. uh from 6 i don't think it's um out of the question that he hits 9 or 10
0: That would be very, very impressive. Seems about right.
1: right. Seems Um, about
0: right. And he'll get
1: paid.
0: Yeah, he will. Yeah, he will. And deservedly Uh, so. Can Jerry Russell up enough coins from his couch to pay Diggs? I don't know. Do
1: they they have an out on uh, Zeke's contract this year? that
0: (laughs) That doesn't sound like a slight towards the players, does it? like that Jerry's paying him with couch cushion change. I just mean, uh, my intent with that was just that he's a billionaire and he's got more money than he knows what to do with. So can he figure it? He he probably has a player's salary in the couch cushions of that wicked yacht.
1: He's been sailing around for (laughs) most of the pandemic. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But yeah, honestly, um, I think, as as well as Zeke is playing right now, the fact that uh, Pollard has been playing extremely well as well, uh, and the Cowboys have a bunch of other contracts that are fairly hefty. Yeah. If they have an opportunity to move Zeke, uh, unfortunately, I think that might be what happens. Just from a business standpoint, move
0: him no. Like a, traded. He has a great season. You think somebody's gonna trade for Zeke yeah, I think and so. that contract? No. Well the thing is his contract isn't uh his contract's disgusting. Yeah, but when do they have an out for it? Well, if they have an out, they're gonna cut him. I just don't see how they're gonna trade him. Nobody's gonna trade for that contract.
1: I'm just thinking if somebody trades and renegotiates
0: Hmm. if you're Zeke though are you going to
1: do that well if if you're looking at an out in your contract a year from now and uh, no I just I, somebody offers you a longer term deal that's
0: they'd have to decent. offer me pretty good money yeah exactly pretty good money I don't know especially for a running back man Either either the Cowboys come in with a reasonable offer that keeps Zeke around and they just lower his workload and they keep him around as a franchise player that they're going to retire his number. Or they, uh, if they trade him, which I can't imagine would happen, but if they do, the team takes him and tries to renegotiate. And he says, no, thanks. I'll just become a free agent and we'll let people bid and see what happens. So, unless they were going to sign him to good money.
1: So, here, he, here's the thing. Um, Trayvon Diggs has a contract through the end of 2023. Mm. He's an unrestricted agent, uh, free agent in 2024.
0: Uh, He's Zeke's, on his rookie deal, though, right now, isn't he? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, Zeke's potential out is 2023. I see.
0: So, depending what happens. Uh, we're so far away from it. it honestly who knows who, who knows? knows what happens enjoy while it yeah. while well exactly enjoy his his you know astonishing play right now while he's on a cheap rookie contract you won't have to worry about it for another couple of years and by then maybe he's washed up <laughs>
1: <laughs> i hope not for for my i, Cowboys. Hope, not.
0: I hope not too
1: i hope because, they keep around for a long time quite frankly uh ball hawking dbs are more difficult to find than uh yeah. Then productive running backs. So. Yep.
0: yep. Anyways, really fun to watch. I like seeing it. That's the one question that I have about the Cowboys. And I have mentioned it in the previous podcast was just that um, their defense is very opportunistic right now, but it's not stopping teams. So they're relying on takeaways and they're doing it very well right now, but can they keep that up for the rest of the season? And What does that mean for their chances at a deep run in the playoffs? Because the way they're running their offense right now is very well balanced. They're not asking for too much from Dak, and Dak has been exceptional. But they've provided him with a nice little running game. He's got lots of weapons to throw to, but they're not asking him to throw 50 times a game like we've seen over the last couple of years. So if they stop taking the ball away as much though, and you get into these shootouts that we were used to seeing, how does that affect the, the, the offensive balance? And then, are you just going back to asking Dak to try and. There there are,
1: there are a few factors here. I will say um, the fact that the running game is as solid as it is. Mm -hmm. They're taking up time, so they've got better time of possession this year than they have in the last couple years. Very true. They can slow Uh, the game down. They can slow the game down, and they're, I think, forcing their opponents to do more with less time. And the fact that on offense, they're scoring a lot of points. So the other team has to take some chances, has to push the game a little bit to keep up they're not able to just play conservative because they're not going to keep up with the Dallas offense if they play conservatively. So that plays into the defense's opportunistic hands where uh, they, it's very difficult, I think for a team to come up against Dallas and just say, you know what, we're going to run the ball 40 times and beat the Cowboys. (laughs) They're not going to do that.
0: Yeah. They might get,
1: Great yards, but they're not going to beat the Cowboys. Uh, Are they though?
0: Are they? I don't know that they are. No, get good yards running the ball forty times. I, I, I like the Dallas linebackers, so I'm.
1: They will get moderate yards. Yeah, they will get moderate yards. I just mean like, Cowboys are not a, uh, you know, completely shut down defense. They will give up some plays, and they have given up some plays. Uh, in the run as well I mean their linebackers are very very good but th- they haven't been um, completely uh, shut down at all times. No they're
0: growing together they're getting they better
1: Yeah, they are um, and and I think their defensive line will get better over time as well.
0: They Well and hopefully time. they get healthy for the end you know the push in yeah. the second half of the season and everything so yeah no I think Dallas is dangerous